we talk about prayer during this time and we've dealt with the prayer of petition, supplication, and petition. We've also dealt with the prayer of intercession. Praise the Lord Jesus. We said that was us standing in the gap for other people, being building a bridge between people and the Lord. Amen. When they're out of the way, we come in, or a Christian, a believer will come in and make an intercession. And it is needed because where that doesn't happen, judgment will follow. Hallelujah. Judgment will follow, and we don't want judgment upon the people. Hallelujah. Now, we are dealing with the prayer of thanksgiving. We're going to deal with the prayer, praying in the spirit, praying in the understanding. All of these are ways, there are ways of prayer. Let me kind of like touch that a little bit. There are ways that we pray. You can pray in your understanding and you can pray in the spirit. Hallelujah. Those are ways of praying. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it says there that for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit. I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit. I will sing with the understanding also. So these are ways of pray, praying. You can pray in the spirit or you can pray with your understanding. Praying with your understanding is praying with your intellect, your thought process. You're praying about something that is on your mind. You're lifting it up before the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, praying in the spirit is when you allow your spirit to take over. And your spirit is granted utterance by the Holy Ghost. And then you begin to speak with tongues and speak to God in the spirit. Hallelujah. We can also give thanks. And this is in the domain of your will. As you grow in the things of God, yeah. Maybe the first time when you got saved, when the anointing comes upon you, you become, it's become so much and then you begin to pray. But as the time goes on, God expects you to pray regardless of how you feel. Because it is in the domain of your will. That's why it says, what is it then? I will pray in the spirit, which means it's my will. I decide what I'm going to do. And I will pray with my understanding also. People can relate with praying in the understanding as coming from their wills. But when it comes to the spirit, they think it's outside their will. It's in the domain of our wills. Hallelujah. Don't think that, you know, if you need to pray in the spirit, some big earthquake needs to happen before you can pray in the spirit. That's not true. Hallelujah. And then it is also in my domain to sing in the spirit or to give thanks in the spirit. Hallelujah. The Bible says, else when thou shalt bless with the spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say amen at thy giving of thanks? 
seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest. For thou verily givest thanks well, but the order is not edified. The order is not improved. It's not built up by what you're doing. You're the one who's been built up. But the Bible tells us here that we're giving thanks well. And it's in the domain of our wheels. Which means I can say, church, let's give thanks uh, unto God. And after a while I say, let's give thanks in the spirit and we can switch. You could either, thanksgiving could either be done with just words. Or in a chant. Or in a song. But what is important is that we are appreciating God for who he is and what he has done for us. And the things we believe that he has done for us. Actually, the believer murmuring is not supposed to come out of the mouth of a believer. Complaining, especially when it has to do with God, is not supposed to come out of the mouth of the believing one. Hallelujah. By the time we're done today, nobody is going to be doing that because it is not right. It's based on ignorance. Anytime that people are complaining about God or are angry with God, they are ignorant of, what, of who God is and what his role is in our lives. Some people think that why didn't God do something? God has done everything that he needs to do. The rest is technically in our domain. And the executors of those things are angels. So God is not coming to do anything. He's, he's already set the table in the presence of our adversaries. He said, come and eat. By the time we're done, I'm telling you that the next 12 months will be the best 12 months you've had up to this time. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. In the book of Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 16, we're going to start from verse 16. There's a lot of reading we're going to do today. It says, therefore, all they that devour thee shall be devoured. And all the adversaries, every one of them shall go into captivity. Say to your neighbor, he's talking about me. And they that spoil thee shall be a spoil. And all that prey upon thee will I give for a prey. Next verse. For I will restore health unto thee. And I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord. Because they call thee an outcast, saying... This is Zion whom no man seeketh after. Now every time that people reproach you, it falls on the law. You need to understand that God says here, people are saying that this is Zion. You are Zion, the child of God, that no man seeketh after you. No man is, they look at you and despise you. Thus saith the Lord, behold, I will bring again the captivity of Jacob's tents. Now, we said here 
The way the King James translators put it with the old grammar, it will make it look as if that is like he's bringing you back into captivity. No, he's turning the captivity of Jacob around. Amplified version, classic. I will release from captivity the tents of Jacob and have mercy on his dwelling places. The city will be rebuilt on its own mound-like site and the palace will be dwell in after its former fashion. Let's go back to King James. Praise the Lord. It says, and out of them shall proceed thanksgiving and the voice of them that make merry and I will multiply them and they shall not be few. I will also glorify them and they shall not be small. Thanksgiving has been put in us. It's a spirit that is at work in the believer. We have to vent it. When we vent it, it activates the things that God has for us. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Amen. It says, out of us shall proceed thanksgiving and the voice of them that make merry. We're supposed to be people of joy and rejoicing. He has given us the oil of gladness. Amen. Now, praise the Lord Jesus. Can we go to uh, um, Ezekiel 36 verse 26? I always want us to understand the basis of these things. We are not the natural man. We're not mere men. We're sons and daughters of God. We walk by faith. We don't walk by sight. We walk by the things that we walk by the word of God. The word of God determines our posture and position. Hallelujah. So that we're not swallowed up by the things that the enemy is doing. If you live your life outside of the realm of faith, you will surely be defeated. Because your feelings will play tricks on you. The circumstances of this life will play tricks on you. But if you stay in the realm of faith, you will come up victoriously. The realm of the things that God says to you. You will always be triumphant. The Bible says he causes us to triumph some of the times. He says sometimes you fail, sometimes you succeed. No, he says he causes us to triumph always. Hallelujah. Now let's, let's bring back the scripture, Ezekiel 36, verse 26. I want to show you something here. He says, a new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. This is the new creation he's talking about. And all of us are new creatures. Amen. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit within you. I will put what? My spirit within you. You know, we, we say when we, when we lead people to Christ that you should not be worried about your old life. As much as it is important for you to give your life over to Jesus and let him come in. When he comes in, he puts this new spirit within you. And he says, and cause, and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you shall keep my judgments and do them. Why? Your nature has changed. God has given something new into your system. You have a new software now. The hardware might look like the same, but the software is, is all different now. 
The operating system is different. I shall keep my judgments and do them. And you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. And you shall be my people and I will be your God. I will also save you from all your uncleanliness. And I will call for the corn. Hallelujah. He will deliver from sin and he will call for corn. And I, and, and, and will increase it and lay no famine upon you. So there is no dry season for the child of God. There is no desert experience for the child of God. If he knows what he's doing, there is no such thing. He says, I will lay no famine upon you. We're talking about the new creation. We're not talking about the old creation. Say so sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not so good. It will always be good for the child of God who lives by faith. We don't walk by sight. The fact that there isn't money in your bank account right now does not mean you're poor. Poverty is a spirit. Hallelujah. We, we live by faith. He said the, the just shall live by his own faith. We're still talking about Thanksgiving. The next verse. And I will multiply the fruit of the tree and the increase of the field. And you shall receive no more reproach of famine among the heathen. Praise the Lord Jesus. So this is the promise of God to the new creation. It's God's promise. And the Bible says we're made partakers of the divine nature through the promises. We partake of these things that God has talked about through the promises. So when, God, when famine comes, you know it's not God. You know it's not God. Now some of this may happen when we step out of the will of God. We're not where God sent us. But he has laid no famine upon us. And he has given us a heart of thanksgiving. Glory be to God. That we may give him thanks. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18. It says there in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Why? He has laid no famine upon you. And he has also said, my people shall never be ashamed. Never. God never puts any of his children to shame. The place of shame does not exist in the new covenant. Somebody can choose to walk under the curse. It's, 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 shame is under the curse. But if you're walking in the laws of the new creation, in the law of the spirit of life, if you're living the Christian life, if you're trusting the Lord, if your faith is in Christ, shame does not exist on, in the New Testament. In the book of Joel chapter 2, the Bible says, And I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten and the canker worm." And the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. Now, it is not God's army. Let me, let me make that clear. We have said that under the Old Testament, Satan existed, the devil, the evil one, the Lord of the flies existed. The concept was there, but it was not revealed, which means 
Nobody knew what that was. So God, in his magnanimity, took responsibility for the good and the bad. Because it would take a lot for him to explain to man that there's a devil out there. Especially when all that was had fallen into the hands of the adversary. Though the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and them that dwell within it. But man fell and handed over the title deed to the adversary. But Jesus has brought it back and it's not possible for man to sell it back to the adversary now because the title deed is not even in you and I's hands. It's in Jesus' hands. So the covenant is in the blood of Jesus. For that covenant to be undone, it will mean that Jesus has to die again and it's not possible. Hallelujah. 26. And he shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God which had dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall sometimes be ashamed. No. He said never be ashamed. So there's no shame to the child of God. No shame. In fact, you're supposed, if you're walking by faith, you're supposed to be walking and saying, on my part, there is no shame. <laughs> Whatever happens, I'm not going to be ashamed. I'm going to come out on top. The Bible says, on top only shall you be and never be it. You shall be the head and not the tail. Glory be to God. But you see, if you have that mindset, then you will give thanks. That's why he says in all things, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So whenever you are sitting down, you're complaining, it means you're not in faith. Hallelujah. You are in unbelief. You're in doubt and unbelief. Whenever you're sitting down, you're finding yourself, oh, you're complaining, you're complaining all the time now. One is that you feel disadvantaged. Two, you feel that God cannot do it for you. You know, some people have this feeling, God will do it for everybody, but when it comes to me, <laughs> uh, because the enemy likes to throw in the reasons why you're not good enough. Now, if you're insane, you need to repent. If you're obviously living outside the will of God, you need to repent. That's, that's a given in, in Christ. And it says, you shall know that I'm the, in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else. My people shall never be ashamed. God has already said that. Amen. And let's go to the book of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever, be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, unmerited favor, God's favor. The heart should be established on the finished works of Calvary. That is the source of God's grace. We're not basing it on sacrifices that are under the law but on the grace of God. Hallelujah. It's not based on circumcision. It's not based on your 
your, your, the fact that you were born after the flesh is due? No. It is based on the finished works of Calvary. So the heart is says should be established by grace, not with meats which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. We have an altar. Wherein they that have no that, that they have no right to eat which serve the tabernacle. What is he saying here? That we in Christ have an altar that those who served in the tabernacle after the flesh in the temple of, 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 um, of Solomon don't have a right to eat where we're eating. For the bodies of these beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Let us go forth therefore with, unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. For here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. By him, by who? Jesus. Therefore, let us offer the sacrifices of praise to God. Continually. 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 That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. You know, when your believers are cursing, just give thanks. Say, Father, I give you thanks because you're God. You're such a good God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He has made all things beautiful in his own time concerning me. My mother has been settled. When things are bad, you know they're going to be well. <laughs> Why? You have an eternal redemption. What is that? God is obligated by the covenant to bring you out of trouble. 